Shavua Tov, Shalom Aleichem. All of you great listeners of this beautiful station, station that beams only Divrei Torah, Divrei Musar, Divrei Orerut, Divrei Halacha, and of course religious music. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. We're going to be talking about Parashat Balak, which we read yesterday. You know the Sephardim, at the end of Shahrit, during the week, they have what we call ten zechirot, eser zechirot, ten things that we're required to remember. For example, Yesiat Mitzrayim. We're supposed to remember Yesiat Mitzrayim every single day. Now we do so, of course, in Kriyat Shema, in the morning and in the evening. Ani Hashem Elokechem, Hashem Oseti Etchem Es Mitzrayim. There's other things like Zechirat Amalek also. You're supposed to remember what Amalek did to the Bnei Israel. They wanted to fight the Bnei Israel, eliminate them for no reason. We have to remember certain things. Now, by the way, the Ashkenazim also have certain Zechirot, but they only have six. We have ten. Now, one of the Zechirot that the Sephardim have is to remember what Balak, Moab, and Bil'am did. Now, in the Haftarah, actually, that we read yesterday, it says, Ami zechorna maya'atz melech Moab. My people, remember what Balak, melech Moab, had wanted to do to us through Bil'am. Which is what? Rahmanat said to curse out the Bnei Israel. And at the end of the Pasuk, it says, And we remember in order that we should find out the Tzitkot of Hashem, meaning the righteousness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, what's, what, what's, what's the question? First of all, why do we have to remember this one? What's the big deal about this, this uh, 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 war at all, this... Uh, 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 cursing that, that uh, Bil'am wanted to do for the Bnei Israel. Uh, we've had many, many wars, even in the Humash itself, there's wars. There's, there's war with Sihon and Og. David and Melech did a lot of wars. Look at Shoftim. Shoftim, plenty of wars there. Was with Midian, was with uh, Amun, was with Plishtims many, many times. We never say Zechorna this and this and that war, when it comes to Balak Melech Moab, what he did with Bilam, we have to remember, number one. And secondly, we, with this remembering, we're going to realize that Sitkot HaKadosh Baruch How's that? There are two answers. One answer is from the Gemara. The Gemara asks a question, Masachet Berachot, does HaKadosh Baruch Hu have ka'as? Gemara says, yes, only rega. As it says, ki rega be'apo, one rega. How much is a rega? The Gemara tells us over there, it's a very small amount, less than a second. So in less than a second, what could he possibly do? How can he curse out anybody? So just, he can say the word kalim, hasbi shalom, eliminate them. Or like the Tosafot say, once you start, it can continue. 
But if you started already, then you can continue to say more. Okay, so what's, what's the idea behind this? Okay, so, so why do we have to remember this? Because the, the nature, the teva is that there is that rega, that Akadush Baruch Hu has that, 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 uh, that cause. Now Hashem changed the teva by not having that rega during all those days that Bil'am was cursing out the Bnei Israel, Hashem changed that. There was no cause. That's it, no cause. If there's no cause, then Bil'am cannot possibly curse. And this is why it says in the Pasuk, Ma Ekov Loka Boel. How can I curse? Hashem doesn't want me to curse. Ma Ezom Lozam Hashem. How can I throw any anger on the Bnei Israel? Lozam Hashem. Hashem doesn't want to get angry. Hashem refuses. It changed everything. It says the world order. Even though it's supposed to have that rega. He didn't do it during those days. Like in Siat Misraim. Hashem changed the Teva. They were deceived in the Makot. The man that was raining down. Splitting of the sea. All these things. We have to remember that. Well, we have to remember this also. And we see from here that Hashem changed the Teva in order that Bil'am will not be able to curse. And that's the Tzitkot of Hashem. This is a Tzedek that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing, as, uh, did with the Bnei Israel, And that's why Neman Tzitkot Hashem. That is the Tzedek. Hashem refused to have any kind of cause so that Bil Amarasha will not be able to curse. This is the Pshat of the Gemara. There's another Pshat. We know that every event in our Torah is made in public. It's witnessed by many, many people. In other religions, the religious leader claims by himself to have spoken to God. By himself. No witnesses. He says, no, he spoke to God on his own. The Ramban says, A person who wants to say a lie, let him say, there were no witnesses with me. Now a guy can come out and say, oh, you know, I saw a UFO in the sky there. Oh, yeah? Was there anybody else with you? No. Only me. <laughs> Only him. No witnesses. But by contrast, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Torah to Rebbe Yisrael, there were 600,000 adults that were witnessing Kabbalat Torah. The splitting of the sea was witnessed by all the Bnei Israel. The man that was falling every single day was witnessed by all. The bear, the water that was going with them was witnessed by all. Not one or two people. Everybody. There is one thing though that no one knew except Hashem, Bilam, and Balak. And what is that? This 
whole parasha of Balak, that he sent his representatives to Bilam in order to bring him to curse the Bnei Israel. Nobody knew about it. Not even Moshe Rabbeinu, no one. This was all in secret. The fact that he asked him to curse, the fact that uh, Bilam al-Rashah was telling him, no, we have to have 42 korbanot. Maybe Hashem, you know, maybe he'll be able to curse, but Hashem told him, no, you can't. He didn't. What do we see from here? We see from here that in this particular case, no one knew anything. When there is a regular war, and the Bnei are involved in the war, at least they can have people praying. They fast before. The Hashmunaim, they used to fast the day before they went to war. And they used to pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help them. Something. But in this case, there was nothing. It was all secret. And yet, HaKadosh Baruch Hu hafach kirelat bil'am libracha. He reversed it. Bil'am wanted to curse. It came out to be nothing more than a beautiful blessing. This we have to remember. That despite the fact that we had nothing to do with it, it was all in secret. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew about it. Still, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved us from the hands, from the curses of Bilam. Now, this is a very interesting concept because there is in the Tehillim, uh, that in the Halel, actually, we say, Halelu et Hashem kol goyim, Listen carefully. He says, praise Hashem. Who's, who's praising Hashem now? Kol goyim. The goyim, the Gentiles. Praise, praise Hashem. Again, all your nations, foreign nations, praise Hashem. Why should you, the foreign nations, praise Hashem? Because Hashem, did a lot of hesed to us, meaning the Bnei Israel. Now, shouldn't it be uh, the other way around? I pray You go in, praise Hashem, because Hashem is helping you. Praise Him. No. Praise Hashem, because Hashem is helping us. He's doing hesed to us. How is that? What's the pshat? Pshat is very simple. The goyim know the emperors, the kings, the shahs, and the czars of Russia, they all know that there have been dozens and dozens of times that they were plotting against the Bnei Israel. And it never happened. Sure, there were times that it did happen. But there were many other times that it didn't happen. And this is what we say, Halil, praise Hashem kol goyim. You know you know how many times you tried to plot against the Bnei Israel, against my people. No. Somehow, he always comes out and with his kindness and protects the Bnei Israel. And this is what we say, Zechorna, remember that Sitkot of Hashem, because he saved us even though we had no knowledge of it. Well, we see this all the time. I mean, look, 
Saddam Hussein he said so many times he wants to wipe out Israel, you know. This is what he said publicly. Do we know what happened within his cabinet? How many times he has plotted to do certain things? Do we know what the Mahshimam, the Iranians, are doing now? How, what they're plotting? We don't know. But Kadush who helps us. There's one thing, though, uh, that that we we found out later on, and that was two years ago. Maybe many of you have heard. Two years ago, during that war with Hamas, we found out later on that Hamas had plotted to send dozens and dozens of terrorists through the the, canal, the tunnels in order to terrorize the civilians in, in, during Rosh Hashanah, mind you, during Rosh Hashanah, when everybody, you know, is in shul. This was a plot that, uh, the, that the Israel had found out. But Baruch Hashem, before that, somehow, there was a war, and the, 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 the Israel fought the war with, uh, with them, and that never happened. It never came, it never came into realization. helps us somehow. Now let's let's turn back to Bilam. Why did Akadushwarhu have Bilam altogether? So it's because the Goim, they could have a ta'ana. They can complain to Hashem, look, the Bnaisrael had Moshe Rabinu. We didn't have anybody like that. We had given us an Avi. Equal to Moshe Rabbeinu, well, maybe, you know, we would have also accepted the Torah, would also be, accept the mitzvot. So Hashem said, okay, fine, we'll give you one. That's Bilam. It's Bilam. So one guy came to Rabbi Yossi. Uh, the Midrash said, Goy came to Rabbi Yossi, asked him, he says, you know what? Our Navi Bilam is more important than, than uh, Moshe. So he says, he says to him, why do you say that? So he says to him, you know why? It says like this. It says, with Bilam, it says, by Yavo el Bilam, that Kadosh Baruch Hu came to Bilam. With Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, Vayikra el Moshe. Hashem called Moshe out to come to him. By Bil'am, it says, Vayabu Hashem came to Bil'am, and here Moshe comes to Hashem. So he told him, let me, let, let me give you a mashal. Okay, let, let me give you a parable, he says. There's a person here who's dressed very sloppy and filthy, with smelly clothes, with rags, and he comes to the palace of a king. He stops by the door, tells the guard, you know, I have something very important to tell the king. Can I come in? He says, wait a minute, let me go to the king and ask him. So he goes to the king, he tells him, so-and-so wants to come in. He has something very important to say to you. Stop him. Don't let him in. I don't want any filth into my palace. I don't want any smell of people in my palace. I'll go to him. It's okay. I'll go talk to him outside. I don't want to have anything to do with him. When someone comes, nicely dressed, and it smells good, puts 
cologne on himself, and he wants to see the king? He said, yeah, bring him in. It's okay, no problem. This is the difference. Bilam was filth. Rish'ut, Tumah. Bilam was a Navi, but it's a different kind of a Navi. It's Navi'ut through Tumah. Moshe Rabbeinu Alava Shalom was a Navi through Kedusha. That is the difference between the two. Bilam, Hashem doesn't want him into the palace. Stay there. I'll come to you. I don't want you in. Yes, the Hachamim said that Bilam was at the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. Like we said, remove the complaint from the Goyim. But that's the only reason. Now, there is another question uh, that, that, that comes up here about Balak and Bilam, the relationship and the, all the conversations that they had. Balak sends to Bilam, he says, Lechana arali et Go ahead, I want you to come and curse these people. And he says, Ki adati, I know, et asher tevarech mevorach. If you want to bless someone, yes, I know he'll be blessed. And if you're going to curse someone, I know he'll be cursed. How does he know? How does Balak know? Ki adati, I know, et asher tevarech mevorach. How does he know? He's not a prophet. Balak was not a navi. <laughs> was a king, not a navi. That's one question. Second question is, if according to Balak, that Bil'am, if he blesses someone, he gets blessed, why doesn't Balak tell Bil'am, you know what? Come here and bless me. Instead of coming here and cursing the Bnei Israel, come here, give me a Mishiberach. That is going to be well, it's going to be strong. Nobody will be able to topple the government over there. Oh, give me a blessing. No, he doesn't want a blessing. He wants a curse. The answer to the first question, how did uh, Balak know? How did he know? He knew because he himself was a prince, first of all. He was not a king. He went to Bil'am. And Bil'am predicted to him, told him, you know what? You are going to be the next king over there. So he knew already from there. And secondly, as Rashi mentions, Min Hamid Sihun, Mu'ab. Sihun also, when he went to Bil'am, and Bil'am told him, oh, you're going to fight with Moab and you're going to win the war with Moab. That's how he knew. But if so, why is it that the, uh, Bil'am is not blessing Balak? Why only the curse? Now, the, the Sforno says, uh, Sforno was a great commentator, a great sage, he said that Bil'am al-Rasha didn't have the power to bless efficiently. It can curse very well, but the blessing, not very well. This is, this is what the Sfono says. However, the Midrash does not seem to agree with that. Because Rashi brings the Midrash 
when Hashem told Bil'am, Lo telech imahem, don't go with them. Amalo, so Bil'am says, Im ken, akalilam bimkomi. Let me curse them from here. Amalo, lo ta'oretam, no, don't curse them. Amalo, im ken abarechem, so Bil'am says, let me bless them. Amalo, enam tzrichim lebechatecha. Hashem said to him, they don't need your beracha. Ki baruch hu. It's blessed already. Your beracha is extra. We don't need it. Mashal omrim lesirah. Lo midubshech. Velo meoktsech. When you have a bee, a bee can do something good and something bad. A bee can give us honey, which is sweet and nice. At the same time, a bee can sting a person and cause harm. So what do we say to the bee? I don't want your honey and I don't want your sting. This is what Hashem is telling Binam. I don't want your, your, your blessing and I don't want your curse. But the idea is, okay, fine. But why? So we see from here that uh, obviously that, uh, that Bilam did have the power to bless because he said, and Hashem said to him, no, you don't have to, which means that he did have the, this. This is uh, from the Midrash, looks like that he did have some kind of a powerful blessing. So why not bless? They, they give a parable of a scorpion and a frog. You know, a scorpion stings, and when he stings, it's very harmful. So there was a scorpion that was on the bank of a river. He wanted to cross the river to the other bank, to the other side. But he can't. He doesn't know how to swim. So he finds a frog. He tells the frog, you know what? Why don't I go on top of, you, on top of your back? You swim very well. Take me to the other side of the bank. So the frog says to him, what, do you think I'm a fool? The minute you're on my back, you're going you're gonna to sting me. You're going to kill me. So the, uh, the scorpion says back to the frog, wait a minute, what do you mean I'm going to kill you? If I kill you, you're going to drown, I'm going to drown with you. It's not going to happen. So the frog realizes, okay, he has a good point. Fine. He says, okay, no problem. Hop on. Go on my back. He goes in the water. When he gets to the deepest of the water, the scorpion stings him once, twice. And the, the frog is drowning. He says to him, why? Why are you stinging me? You're killing me yourself. He says, what can I do? This is my teva. That's my nature. I can't help it. That's his nature. The sting. We say, that's the nature. Bilam. Sure, he could bless, but there's no way. He's not going to bless. He doesn't want to do it. Why? That's it. Nature. Anti-Semitism doesn't have specific reasons. They had no reason. But they, 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 they wanted to eliminate the, the Jewish nation. It has no reason whatsoever. That's why Bilam would not be. No, not going to bless. He was a curse. There have been throughout history many, many cases of countries that could have been blessed 
with the help of the Bnei of the Jews, but they chose the opposite. And what happened at the end? They got themselves into a hole. They got into trouble. Spain, in the time of the Inquisition, in 1492, threw out of their country 300,000 Jews. Threw them out. At that time, Spain was powerful, both militarily and economically. The Jews were helping tremendously in the prosperity of the country, in the economy, both in banking, in, 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 uh, in, in being uh, merchants, and doing all kinds of things in the economy. It was a vibrant economy. That didn't matter to them. They threw out the Jews. What happened? Spain went down. Went down. It declined a lot. And it almost never recovered, even today. Greece and Spain are probably the worst economies in the European Union. So why are they doing this? Hey, that's it. Nature, like the scorpion, the nature. Anti-Semitism doesn't have any reason. It just that's the nature. Look at Poland before World War II. Same story. Flourishing economy. Their industry was great. Agriculture was terrific. You know how many Jews were in Poland alone before World War II? Three million. Three million Jews were, in, were dwelling in Poland. That's right. And the economy was great. Everybody was fine. What happened then? When the Nazis came, the Polish people, they cooperated with the Nazis. As a matter of fact, six of the largest extermination camps were in Poland. That's right. When the Nazis would come, they said, you know what the Jews are? Oh, yeah, sure. That house is a Jewish house. This house is a Jewish house. That one is a Jewish house. Yeah. What happened afterwards? The economy of Poland went down. Yeah, went down. This is Rabutai what it is. But we hope that Akadosh Baruch Hu, with his help, that all these trends should turn the other way. In America, Baruch Hashem is blessed. You know why? Because they're accepting also the Jews. We are here. We're being tolerated. We have the freedom like everybody else. And Baruch Hashem, United States is a blessed country. You know, someone made a remark to me the other day. He said, in Algeria, in Tunisia, in Egypt, in Iraq, most of the Middle East used to have kings. All those kings are gone. All gone. Only one king survived. The king of Morocco. You know why? Well, I know. I'm from Morocco. I know. Because the kings, going back to the grandfather of the present king, I remember, 
because I was there when I was, when I was a child, they all liked the Jews. The grandfather of the present king used to ask the, 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 the big rabbis to come and bless him. Yeah? They were very good to the Jews. When the Nazis came in, they went to the king of Morocco and they asked him for a list of the Jews. He said to them, we don't have Jews and Muslims here. We have Moroccan citizens. Everybody is the same. Perhaps that is why that king is still alive today. But we don't have to worry. We don't have a king. We have the king of kings. The king of kings, the Borei Olam, Akadosh Baruch Hu, is with us. He will always protect the Bnei Israel. Even at times when we don't know what's going on, like Balak, like Balak and Bilam, Hashem is there. He'll protect us for good and He'll bring us our Mashiach Sitkenu Amen. I want to urge you to try your best to help this station. This station must keep on going. There's a lot of good and benefit to the community. Also, if you have a Simha, please call our office at SLC. We'll be very, you know, very happy to accommodate you. You have a nice, beautiful hall, beautiful shul. You'll be very satisfied. Shavuatov.